Oh, good morning. Hi. It's uh, been a pleasure for me to listen to Ross because he was due to come to Beulah Baptist Church at Bexhill and it snowed so heavily it was cancelled. So I've got a preview of what he's going to tell us next year, I think. Nobody would take a chance on this year <laughs> with the weather. <laughs> it's um, Fortunately, I, I've always had a salary, um, so I haven't lived on the edge. But um, it's, it's a pretty dicey business, as I'm sure Ross will tell you, when you've got bills coming in and not enough money. Ashburn and Christian Trust is a bit like that. I said to the director one day, um, where's the money come from? Because they put up building after building. And he said, well, I honestly don't know. He said, I, just, I don't worry myself with that. He said, we pray and we get on with what we feel the Lord wants. And he said, the money just comes in. You know, and he said, I, I really don't think it's my job to worry who, who sent the money or where it came from. It's come from God, in effect. So that's the way it works over there. On the other hand, God does use money to control things. Um, I know another director that was over there wanted to build something and it worried me. I thought, oh no, not another building. And then the money dried up and he couldn't start it. And he was bewailing his lot. And I wrote to him and said, uh, you know, God controls the money, not you. So if you haven't got the money for this huge project, it doesn't look as if he wants you to do it. And sure enough, I think that was the case. So that building, to my knowledge, never got built. Anyway, it's been, I don't know why I'm giving, bringing this sermon. You've had a good sermon this morning and a good testimony. That's wonderful. Um, I'd like to read a passage from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 7. Just a short reading. It's headed, The God of All Comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. I'd like to talk really this morning about suffering and discomfort um, and the good that can come out of it. When we're ill, the right thing to do is to go to the doctor and pray. Um, and I've known cases where the doctors have done their best and the person's not cured or I wasn't cured, but then God did his work. But there isn't any question about it. God blesses the work of doctors. There are many Christian doctors around fortunately, and, uh, and that's wonderful. When God and the surgeon or doctor are working together, that's, that's a wonderful situation. The Apostle Paul ha had an affliction, a thorn in the flesh, he called it, uh, given to him by God to stop him becoming conceited because of the great revelations he had received. 
it's very easy to become proud when we get a special blessing. Um, even the best of us can think, oh, I'm great. Look at that. Look what's happened to me. So there was no way that God was going to allow Paul to get like that. He, he just gave him this thorn in the side. We don't know for sure what it was. Some have had the cheek to say that it was a, a, a bad wife, but I don't think that was the case. I think it was something else. <laughs> Others say that it was a trouble with his eyes and, and everybody's got a, an idea on what it was that troubled him. But Paul never actually told us. So, you know, we, we just have to guess, I'm afraid. Um, uh, three times Paul asked the Lord to take the affliction away. But the answer he got was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's reaction was classic. He said, therefore, I will boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In Romans 5, Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they, they are to help us in, to endure. They help our endurance. The 17th century monk, Brother Lawrence, though lame in one leg and familiar with illness, said, I've been often never near expiring, but I never was so much satisfied as then. Accordingly, I did not pray for any relief, but I prayed for strength to suffer with courage, humility, and love. Ah, how sweet it is to suffer with God. Now that was pretty, pretty strong talk, really. I mean, he, he was delighting in his suffering. Uh, I can't say that I could do that, and I don't think I should encourage you to delight in it, but God does use suffering, and this man knew that. Um, the renowned Quaker, uh, Thomas Kelly, said, the heart is stretched through suffering and enlarged. He believed that suffering helps us feel God's burden for a world in pain and encourages us to respond. So all these great men uh, saw something more in suffering than just getting um, a plaster put on it or a, a pill to take. You know, they, they did feel that God was using it on them in their lives. In 1967, a diving accident left Johnny Erickson Tada a quadriplegic. But she said on the radio that Christians sometimes want to erase suffering out of the dictionary. But if you read the Bible, you will see that it is often God's best tool to make us more like Jesus. I think millions have played, prayed for Johnny Erickson Tada for her to be healed. I know I did at the time. We all thought God would respond such a weight of prayer. But it, it was a sad accident. She dived into a pool and hit the bottom and that was the end of her active life. And she became uh, in a wheelchair. But the, the good she did um, in Christ was amazing. I, think, I don't think there's a country in the world that hasn't been touched by that woman. I know she's been to many places in England. We've listened to her up at Hildenborough Hall. Um, this would never have happened but for that but for that accident, um, one can't help but feel sorry for such a, uh, um, a happy and beautiful young woman. 
being in a wheelchair, but nonetheless she's come to terms with it. Um, she married and uh, has gone on um, serving the Lord. These three people discovered something about suffering. God wants to use it to transform our character, make us mature, give us sympathy for others, prove our faith and make us like Jesus. I don't know, you, you all will have suffered something or other, some serious disease, I'm sure. And um, I had Menu's disease, which um, nobody seemed to be able to cure. I was told point blank it's incurable. But um, in the end, I thought, well, they, everybody's right. The consultant must be right. So there's no, I'm not going to get cured. So I, I then turned to God and said, I know that I've got this disease and I know you're not going to cure it. So what I'm telling you is that I'm going to serve you regardless. I'll do the things I can do, and the things that I can't do, I'll just have to leave. Now, the funny thing is, within a couple of weeks of that, he cured me over at Ashburnham. So, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we have a strange God sometimes. <laughs> there was a man called Ajith Fernando, a Christian leader from Sri Lanka, and he wrote, The church in each culture has its own special challenges, um, ideological blind spots that hinder Christians from growing to full maturity in Christ. I think one of the most serious theological blind spots is today's Western in today's Western church is a defective understanding of suffering. The good life, comfort, convenience, and a painless life have become necessities that people view as basic rights. If they do not have these, they think that something's gone wrong. He goes on, one of the results of this attitude is a severe restriction of spiritual growth, for God intends us to grow through trials. Now that was a Sri Lankan, Lankan saying that. Um, and I'm sure what he's saying is true. I, I expect you've heard of Colombia in South America and the troubles they have drug barons seem to run the place. Um, it, it got, they were all sorts of problems over there. The ordinary people are in a truly bad way. But nonetheless, they're in their capital, they've got three churches with over 50,000 members. Can, I can't get my mind around that. Three churches in the one city, over 50,000 members each. And they run six to seven church uh, services each day. It really is... Um, Unbelievable. So despite the barons, despite the poverty, despite the sickness, um, you've got a, a real strong witness to Christ in that uh, capital. Uh, James encouraged the Jew Jewish believers uh, to view their hardships not as a punishment or a curse, but as opportunities for rejoicing. He wasn't encouraging them to enjoy trials or to pretend to be happy in the midst of their struggles, or to try to escape from them, but to rejoice because of the potential outcomes. You do get people who keep a smile on their face, but you know they're in dead trouble, and that's not very genuine. Um, I mean, if you're in pain and you're in trouble, uh, all right, you don't have to moan and, and, and carry on, but um, to have a, a toothy grin all the time is, is not very ideal, I don't think. People look at them and think, well, he's putting that on. 
Going back to our reading in 2 Corinthians, when we've endured suffering and trials, we're better able to bring comfort and encouragement to others in their sufferings. When I was diagnosed with cancer last year and had to have chemotherapy, I was put in touch with a man who'd already gone through it. Now, he was a great help to me because he'd, he'd got the same variety of cancer. He'd come through it. Um, his hair was coming back. He'd had chemotherapy. Uh, and he was able to tell me the highs and lows of suffering from this type of cancer. So he was a great blessing to me, but he was only a blessing because he'd been through it himself. He knew you know, all the angles. And uh, I still meet him now when he's taking his two dogs for a walk and we exchange notes. Um, he tells me how he's getting on and he's doing extremely well. And I'm pleased to say that I'm able to say, yes, I'm echoing your situation. So... You know, if you have discomfort, you can comfort others, which is what the passage says. You can take the comfort that you get to others to comfort them. A question. When suffering comes, do you get angry with God or seek his purposes in it? When you're sick or ill and you've got some disease, um, do you get upset or angry with God? I don't think you'll upset him if you get angry, but, um, or, or do you see his purpose in it? Because there will almost certainly be a purpose, and you've got to find out what that is. How have you experienced God's presence through suffering? Um, I know many a Christian tell me that but for a period of suffering, they wouldn't have done so and so. But in that time, uh, God spoke to them uh, I know there was an old preacher, he's dead now, but, um, but he was in Chicago and he was struck, he was a great preacher and he went everywhere and he did everything and he, he, he was like a clockwork mouse, he was all over the place. Um, and then he had a heart attack and he, he was in Chicago and he was laid out finished. But God had him then and he talked to him and talked to him and afterwards he was a far better preacher and Christian by far and um, he had to take it easy he had to relax I think he was doing it all in his own strength and then God struck him down spoke to him in, in his sickness and brought him out of it and I know he was over 80 when he, up at Hilden Place he said I said what are you doing today and he said oh I'm going to play 18 holes of golf now it was pretty good actually God restored him both you know spiritually and physically um, I think that's all I wanted to say about that, but we had an, an anniversary at Beulah Baptist Church a couple of weeks ago, and a reverend doctor came, which was very nice, um, one expects him to know everything, and uh, the church was braced for an encouraging message, but he didn't give us what we expected. He said you should be going, uh, I think, I forget what he, he called it, oh, Outrageous Grace was the title of his sermon, and he was encouraging us to seek out the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the suicidals, all those sort of people, never mind about anybody else, in other words, get your hands dirty, um, and that rather, I think it rather took the church aback a bit, and I was surprised, I didn't, I didn't expect the Reverend Doctor to come up with that, but what he said was true, and he, then to show that he meant what he said, he 
gave us a little story about the way he had gone to a cafe that he knew the prostitutes used in a town at three o'clock in the morning. And that's, he said, where I began to hold my church services. Three o'clock in the morning, a rundown cafe, prostitutes coming in after they'd done a night's work. Um, it was very basic, but we took the point. You know, we had to go and search out the needy. Um, and he was going to make sure we kept that in mind as our anniversary message. Whether we'll invite him back again, I don't know, but <laughs> he's, he's certainly taught us a lesson. <laughs> um, some of these trials are not just physical or mental. You get problems with families. Uh, it's very current, I find, in Bexhill, where you've got a lot of elderly people where the families don't come to visit them, they are not invited to see the family, and it is, um, you know, it burdens them. Um, and if you find you're in that situation, if you've got a moment, 1 Corinthians 13, that wonderful chapter on love, is worth reading slowly and carefully, because um, it takes some living up to. I didn't realise how demanding that chapter was until recently, so can I commend to you 1 Corinthians 13 if you're upset with somebody? Shall we pray? Oh dear Lord, we thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for all that you are to us. Thank you that even when we have to suffer sickness and setbacks, you can use it for our betterment, Lord. Teach us to listen carefully, Lord, when we're in a low situation. We just praise and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.